Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. How y'all doing this morning, Coastline? Everybody having a good morning, good weekend so far? Some people. How many of you guys got enough caffeine this morning? How many of y'all's kids slept in this morning? That doesn't ever happen, does it? It's the craziest thing, man. You you go to take them to school every weekday, and those jokers are sleeping in. You got to, like, wake them up and, like, try to get them. But come the weekend time, they won't sleep in, will they, at all. They're just wide awake at, like, 530, bouncing off the walls. So... Um, my kids went to a uh, birthday party yesterday, had a time of their life. Uh, they, uh, part of the bag that they went home with had this beautiful whistle in it. And so I've enjoyed that all morning long. It was great. It was the best thing in the whole world. I'll tell you what, I never wanted to baptize a whistle in my life, but I about did it this morning. Um, Anyways, I hope you guys are doing well. I want to take a quick second and welcome all the people tuning in online. I know we got lots of snowbirds that are checking in with us. Uh, some of you guys already started to come down for the season. It's been great to see you guys. Uh, but for all the people that call uh, Coastline Church online, their home church, man, thanks for tuning in this morning. We love you guys. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, put some love in the comment section. Tell us where you're, you're, uh, you're tuning in from, uh, maybe what the temperature is. It's like... Gosh, it's a beautiful day here in New Smyrna Beach. Isn't it? Was it like 75 degrees or something? I'm wearing flip-flops, everybody. So for all y'all, my mom is in Ohio. She literally sent me a picture of snow, and I sent her a picture of the beach. It was great. So I uh, hope you're not jealous. Don't be jealous or anything. But uh, anyways, we love you guys. Hope you guys are doing well. Uh, today we're continuing in a series we started just a couple, couple weeks ago uh, that we've entitled A Better Way. And uh, as we're into this January, this month of January, this first beginning month of this whole new year, uh, we're talking about how we can live life a better way than what we did last year. You know, uh, I've seen all the pictures online of people going to the gym and people starting diets. Uh, you know, I've, it's, it's kind of funny. I went and, um, uh, I went to men, we, we kind of had like a pre-men's night this past week. And I'm, I'm telling them about the Daniel fast that I'm on where I'm only eating like fruits and vegetables and drinking water. And, and so we're talking about, and so they're talking about like the diets. One of the guys, uh, Troy, he's like, man, I'm doing this carnivore diet, which is like the exact opposite of what I'm doing. He's like, I'm just eating every, if I, if there's beef in it, if there's, I'm eating steak, I'm eating hamburger steak, I'm eating fish. And I'm like, my mouth's watering. It's like, it's terrible. I'm like, that sounds like a great diet, man. Um, but everybody's doing diets, everybody's working out, going back to the gym, they got the new hairdo, and you see this hashtag of new year, new me. It's on like everything, right? You see people doing little TikTok videos where new year, new me. Uh, but the funny thing is, is like there's no, it's, it's just because it's a new year doesn't mean it's a new you. It's the same you from a month ago, right? We're the same people. But the reason that we are excited about the new year is because it's an opportunity to live life maybe a better way. Maybe it's, maybe it's an opportunity to change things. It's an opportunity to, to make a shift in our lives, to, to adjust our, our lives just a little bit. And maybe that, that this year, this next year, we get experience a better year than what we did last year. Anybody want a better year than what you, did, than what you went through last year? A couple of people. Perfect. Me too. So we've been going through and trying to find out, like, how do we live life a better way than what we did last year. You know, when it comes to, uh, if you do some early studies of the church and the book of Acts, you start to realize that, that 
back in those days, they didn't call it church. The people that, that followed Christ, the people that, that gathered together and, and preached and taught about what he did, the people that did what we call now as church, they weren't considered the church. They were considered followers of the way. And so starting out this new, se- starting out this, this new season, this new year, we want to live life a better way. So many of us have been doing this past uh, this 21 days of prayer and fasting. We're in finishing up week two. We're going into the last week of it. And so if you're still doing that, man, we want, to, we want to thank you for doing it with us. We're believing in a breakthrough here this next year, specifically uh, in our church, in our lives, and in our families. And so that's what we're, that's what we're hoping for. Past couple of weeks, the last, uh, first week we talked about the importance of prayer and fasting. Uh, fasting is something that we didn't, we haven't talked about a whole lot in the years past, uh, but we're all doing this together. Uh, we talked about last week the importance of humility and serving one another last week. And if you missed any of that, you can check it online. Today, specifically, I want to talk about the importance of connection and community. Look at your neighbor and say connection and community. Connection and community. You know, in, in, to, in all of history, since the beginning of time, I would bet that if you look at our culture now from the outside looking in, we are the most connected culture, the most connected people in all of history. You think, how many of you guys here got Facebook? Everybody's got Facebook, right? My grandma's got Facebook. She can't, she can't operate a fa- uh, an iPad that well, but she can, she'll walk, rock some Facebook, right? Uh, we got, how many of you guys on Twitter? Anybody on Twitter? Three people on Twitter. Okay, Twitter's, Twitter's not doing so well. Elon Musk needs to step it up. Um, Instagram, anybody on Instagram? Lots of people on Instagram, right? You got all the reels and stuff like that. You know, and how many of you guys are giving all your information to China and, and doing the TikTok thing? I'm not getting political. I'm just joking with you. You do whatever you want. Uh, we're all connected, right? We see uh, every bit of everyone else's lives, and, and we're probably the most connected than, than we've ever been at any point in all of history of humanity is. I can literally FaceTime someone in a different state, see them real time, talk to them. The problem with this, this connection that we all have, the problem with this, this digital connection, this social connection, is I believe that it gives us a real false sense of connection. Because we see what's going on in everyone's lives, just, just what their highlights are, what, what the best part of their lives are, right? When they're going on vacation, when, when they're, I'll tell you what, if you look on my Instagram, any, any point you can follow me, I ain't hiding nothing. But if you look on my Instagram, you're going to see every time that I've ever caught a fish. You're going to see the biggest of them, too. You're not going to see the little tiny fish I catch or the days I go out and I don't catch anything. I don't take pictures of that. Neither do you. We don't do that, right? When you're going out, you're, you're taking pictures of all the fun things you do, all the great things you do, the good times that you're having. When you and your kids are all smiling at the same time at SeaWorld, you're not taking a picture when you're in the minivan and everybody's crying and yelling at each other, right? Because we put the best, our best foot forward. The only time that this changes, you see the best of people on social media in connection, and then sometimes you see the very worst, people on, on their very worst days where they've lost a loved one or they found out some incredibly terrible news or when they're, when they're really struggling. And, I, and I, think, I think that is is because in that moment, people are desiring and wanting a true connection and because they've made this false connection, this is the only place they're, they're literally crying out 
for some type of connection, some type of feeling of someone being on their side with them to help them through what they're going through. Connection is important. Also, side note, anybody know someone who, like, posts too many negative things on Facebook? They just put all their stuff out there. I'm going to tell you, as a public service announcement, your pastor, I'm going to love you. Don't let Facebook be the place you just throw up on everybody, okay? That's not, that's not very loving, okay? Just going to help you out. Let me help you. I want to help you help me, okay? If you need help, please, you can find me on this. You can tell me about all the things that are going on, on, your, on in your life, on Facebook, Instagram, whatever. Man, I'm happy to hear what's going on in your life. But ultimately, we're, we desire connection. We need connection in our lives. Connection and community. I believe that, that as followers of Christ, I believe that God intended us as, as a church, as followers of his son, to live life connected in, in, and in community with one another. We see it throughout the Bible from the very beginning. You see Genesis uh, says that God made Adam. He saw that Adam and everything that he made was good, but he saw that Adam being alone was not good. And so he gave him, they, he put him and Eve together. And there we are. From the beginning of time, we see the beginning of community and connection. We see even in Jesus, as Jesus starts his ministry out, as he goes through the years, he starts out literally finding John the Baptist, and he gets baptized. He goes through 40 days of prayer and fasting, and the very next thing that he does is he starts to find these guys, these 12 disciples that would follow him and do life day in and day out. They would share meals together. They would share life together. They would see each other in the best of times and the worst of times. The gospel is full of these stories in which Jesus is, 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 is completely uh, in awe of their, their lack of faith at times and then also sends them out to see them do great things at times. They did life completely, fully together. Jesus, even at the end of his life, he sees John, his disciple, and he sees his mother Mary, and he, he understands the, the, the feeling that they're going to have of this, of being alone. He says... He thinks this isn't good. He says, son, behold your mother. Mother, behold your son. In one of his very last acts, he connects them together. He says, do life together. And even at the end of, of humanity, the end of, of what we believe will be our time, we, we continue this pursuit in hopes and understanding, knowing that there's a better place that's called paradise, heaven, that we're going to go to, and we're going to do life together. It's not our own personal paradise is for us to do life as, as one group of people, living in community. We live in a world now where it's, it's difficult to make true connections. It's hard to, to make true, real community happen in our lives. We think we can just do it on our own. We believe this lie that we can just live life pursuing what we want we don't need anybody. We don't need anybody's help. This is something that, the, uh, that Moses dealt with. Uh, we read in the book of Exodus, chapter 18, after he has brought the Israelites out of Egypt, out of their bondage, as he's taking them through the wilderness, as, as life is happening all around him, he finds himself in, in a tough place. Verse 13, it says, The next day Moses took his seat to hear the people's dispute against each other. They waited before him from morning till evening. When Moses' father-in-law saw that what Moses was doing for the people, he asked, what are you really accomplishing here? 
Now, what was happening, just so you know, as Moses is going to describe in a minute, is Moses was being the judge over all the tough things that were happening in the Israelite nation. People would have disputes, people would have arguments, and they would bring it before Moses, and Moses would discern. He would ask God to help him. He would discern what the right answer would be, and he would settle these disputes. But there were so many of them. As he was pulled in many directions, it literally was taken all day. So his father-in-law asks, what are you really accomplishing here? He said, why are you trying to do all this alone? While everyone stands around you from morning till evening, you're here alone. And Moses replied with this. He says, because the people come to me to get a ruling from God. When a dispute arises, they come to me, and I'm the one who settles the case between the quarreling parties. I inform the people of God's decrees and give them his instructions. The way his father-in-law responds is, is pretty great, though. He said, this is not good. You having to deal with this alone, you, you doing this day in and day out, taking up all your entire day, doing this by yourself is not good. He said, you're going to wear yourself out and the people, too. This job is too heavy of a burden for you to handle by yourself. Can I tell you that I feel real strong that many of us in this room are going through life, whether it's our jobs or what we're stressing with, whether it's our financial situation, our loneliness, our emotional situation, the stress that we have in life, and we're holding on to and dealing with it every day by ourselves. And what we don't realize is that it is ruining us. Not only is it ruining us, it's also ruining and, help, and, and it's affecting negatively the people that are around us. I believe strongly that when it comes to the things that you're dealing with, the things that you're stressing, the things that you think you're putting your hands to and you're working on very hard, that you're not meant to have to deal with that stuff alone. That we're supposed to do life together. Now, some people will, uh, will say... I've heard this before. How many of you guys have heard the term, God will never give you more than you can handle? Anybody heard that before? I've heard it hundreds and hundreds of times. The Bible says God will never give you more than you can handle. You know what the problem with that statement is? The Bible never says that. I've read the Bible. Not one time have I heard it say that when it comes to the stresses and worries of my life, that God will never allow more than that to happen to me than what I can handle. The only thing close it comes to is there's a time in which it's talking about temptation and sin, in which it says God will, now, God will never allow you to be tempted beyond what that you can bear, meaning there's never a time where you're going to be tempted so much that you sin that you turn around and say, I was just tempted so much I couldn't help it. God says there will always be a time for you to get out of that. But he doesn't say anything about the stresses and worries of life of you not being able to handle what life gets thrown at you. The truth is, that will happen. That has happened. We've experienced that. We will experience that. The punchline is, I, I don't think that you're meant to go through it by yourself. I think the enemy wants you to think that you can go through it by yourself. But that's not what God intended. As we continue in the Old Testament, the book of Ecclesiastes says this. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 9 says, Two are better than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person fails, the other can reach out and help. But anyone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people laying together, close together, can, 
can keep each other warm. But how can, warm, how can one be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three, or even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. Whenever I read this verse, uh, I, I realize that that then those times they're, they're, he's teaching the people, he's like, hey, you're supposed to do life together. Don't try to do it alone. But the visual in my head always comes out of, of this is, it always comes back to fishing for me. Anyone here like to go fishing? A couple of people do. Man, I, I'll tell you what, in the, the past couple, this past week, I got the, uh, it was a blessing, but I had time to, I went fishing three days. Now some of you are looking at me like, how does the pastor who has full-time job, two full-time jobs, how does he have time to go fishing three, day, three days in a week? Come on, some, somebody's got to be working around here, right? Um, I had a day off, and the other two days I went after work, okay? Um, for anyone else that's not in this room, I'm going to tell you if, you, if anyone asks you how the fishing is in New Smyrna Beach, you tell them it sucks. It's terrible. Worst fishing ever. Don't go out. Past couple days, though, I've, I've had the pleasure of fishing. It's, it's been a lot of fun to go fishing. Been fishing with a couple buddies. And I love the, I love the opportunity I get to, to be on the boat with, uh, with a friend and connect. And, and there's something about continuing to build that community. There's something that's real, real intimate about, like, you're trapped with this person for, like, a few hours. Like, you could talk about anything, and you're going to hear anything. And, and it really is an opportunity to kind of get past just what is maybe the, fa- the, the facade or the outer exterior that we all put up every day. I was specifically fishing with uh, one guy uh, this past weekend, and uh, and as we're as we're fishing, uh, he you know he said he never caught a redfish a day in his life, and never sight casted anything, and and we we struggled through the day, pushed against the wind, and and finally after hours he was able to catch one, and we're screaming like like girls selling cookies out on the corner, right? We we're just it was a great time. But if you ask someone around here, the type of line that they fish with, about 90% of them are going to say they fish with something called braid. Back in the day, everybody used to fish with monofilament or fluorocarbon or something. It's a single strand. goes from the hook to the reel. Nowadays, everyone, a lot of people use braid, which is multi-strand, put together, weaved, and intertwined with one another. And they find out that that takes a lot less of that to be as strong as what was previously used. There's something about them being intertwined together that, that causes strength in numbers. I think the same thing happens in the church. I think that when we do life together, when, when we meet with one another, when we connect with one another, when we charge and challenge one another, we are strengthened and the people around us are strengthened. Another illustration with fishing, as, I'm, as I was fishing with that guy, my, my, you know, after for a long time him being on the front of the boat, we switched, and I got a chance to be on the front of the boat. And as we're pushing along, I see, I see up in this clear spot, there's, there's five sea trout standing there. And, and I didn't even think they were sea trout at first. I thought they were redfish. They're so big. As he pushes up, I'm like, oh, my gosh, they're sea trout. They haven't seen us yet. And as I go to cast, I, this thing in my brain happens where I'm like, I don't know where to, I don't know where to throw it. I don't know where to throw the lure because there's, some are facing this way, some are facing this way. And, and, and in that hang up, 
that moment of trying to figure it out, they all swim away. Yeah, that's, that's how most of my fishing turns out, just so you know. But I realized that that's, that's design of them being together. You think these fish being together, as a predator comes up on them, they're going to have that same thing like, ah, there's, because there's safety in them being together. I think, I think the same is true when it comes to us as, as followers of Christ. I think sometimes the enemy comes up, and it says, the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But I think that when we, when we do life with others, when we are involved in, in Christian community, when we're strengthening one another, we're defending one another, there's opportunity that, that when the enemy speaks something in our mouth or we start to believe something that's not true, those around us can snatch us up and say, hey, hey, no, 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 that's, that's not right. We, we want to help you. In a loving way, let, let's, let's, talk, let's help you through what you're going through. I don't think we're supposed to do life alone. So why do we find it so hard to connect? Why do we find it so hard to live in community? I think uh, one of the first things is, is we're afraid. Now every man in the group, every man in this room, all of a sudden just went like, "I'm not afraid of anything." You know, I I get it. I'm with you. Okay. We're we're not afraid in the sense of, of us being hurt. We're afraid of of connecting with people or or connect going to a circle group or or something like that or being a part of the crew. We're we're afraid because. One, it, it might be a little uncomfortable. Might be uncomfortable because you might get stuck talking to somebody weird. Anybody know weird people? If you're not raising your hand, I hate to tell you, you're the weird person in the bunch. I get it. Sometimes it's, it's tough because we're, we're afraid of, we're going to get stuck in a weird conversation, right? We're going to get stuck with a, the person that believes politically different than we do. We're going to get stuck with the people that, that don't think the same way that we think. We might not agree on the same things. We might not like the same things. When I think about this, I can't help but realize the people that Jesus put around him, the disciples, were people that probably did not agree with the same thing that the world agreed with. They probably didn't even agree with one another. When you see that Peter and his brother were fishermen, they they probably weren't very smart or eloquent. They probably weren't very clean people. They're partnered up with Matthew, who Matthew was a very smart person, but he was very shrewd. He was a tax collector. He was literally, the way he was getting wealth, the way he was working was to cheat his own people out of money. You see Thomas, who they say doubted everything. All these people, none of them thought the same way, but Jesus put them all together to do life. Paul writes this in Colossians chapter 3, verse 2. It says, since God chose you to be a holy people that he loves, you must clothe yourself with tenderhearted mercy, with kindness, with humility, with gentleness, and with patience. These are the characteristics of love. You think when we connect with the people that we don't, we don't agree with, that, that we think are, are a little bit hard to have conversation with, this is the way that we should be connecting with them. Patiently, 
kindly. Colossians chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Make allowances for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Who are you supposed to forgive? Anyone. If you were to look at the Hebrew, meaning the root of this word that it's talking about, you know what it's describing? Anyone. It's the same thing. Anyone. You're supposed to forgive them. Remember that the Lord forgave you, so you must also forgive others. Make allowances for each other. You know, the truth of the matter is because we post the best things, the best of the best on Facebook, Instagram, and social media, a lot of us are afraid that when people see how we really are or who we really are, we're going to see that they're going to see that, that, that maybe we're not the parent that doesn't let our kid look at an iPad at all. Or maybe we're the parent that, that doesn't have it all together. We're afraid that they're going to see that us and me and my spouse don't, it's not all daisies and whatever else goes with daisies. I almost said hot dogs. I don't know why hot dogs and daisies would go together, but Daniel Fast, that's what it is. I'm, yeah, I'm hungry. We're afraid that they're going gonna, to they're gonna see who we really are and they're not going to like us. The truth of the matter is we're all messed up. We all have issues. Ain't none of us in this room don't have a problem or have lived life without sin. I've got shortcomings. You've got shortcomings. Some of us are super judgy. Other of us have, have no grace or no mercy. We all have faults. But maybe, maybe the beauty is that when we come together and we are intertwined with one another, maybe our strengths pair up with other people's faults. Maybe, maybe we're allowed to intertwine with one another in just the right way that as we do life, as followers of Christ together, we're able to help and strengthen and protect one another as we go through this adventure. You know, I'm thankful for um, my wife. Um, she's absolutely, she, you are a fantastic wife, I'm going to tell you right now. Best one I've ever had. Uh, uh, if there was a Yelp review, five stars, you're getting it. I'm thankful that your strengths are not my strengths. I'm, I'm thankful that your weaknesses aren't my weaknesses. I, I think God has worked it out perfectly that, that where I'm strong, you might be weak. And where I'm weak, there's a lot of that. You're real strong. Super thankful for that. I think that's what God intends for us as we do life in community with one another. Love has a big piece to do with this. Jesus said that we're supposed to love God with all and we're supposed to love our neighbor as we love ourselves. In Colossians chapter 3, verse 14, it says this. It says, above all, clothe yourself with love which binds us together in perfect harmony and let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of the body, you're called to, be, to live in peace and always be thankful. I think we got to step through fear of what people will think about us, of discomfort, and approach community in a loving way with kindness and gentleness and mercy and understand that by ourselves, 
We can't do it alone. We can do life better when we're all together. The second reason why we have a hard time doing this is because of time. I'm sure no one in this room is busy, right? None of you. You all got tons of, tons of free time, right? No, we're all busy. Unfortunately, we live in a culture where we celebrate busyness. You go, to a, you go to a party or you go to a lunch or something like that. Hey, how's life? Oh, man, we're busy. How's work? Oh, we're super busy. How's everything with the kids? Oh, man, there's so many things going on. We're busy. Life, life is busy. So some of us, we think we don't have time to connect with one another. We don't have time to be a part of the Coastline crew or to, to join a, a circle group and do a Bible study. Johnny's got T-ball, right? We got to go to volleyball. I'm so busy with work. We don't have time for it. Can, can I just speak transparently and honest with you guys for a minute, though? You're going to make time for what you think is important. You, you're you're going to do it. The things that are important to you, you will make time for. It's going to happen. It's a matter of adjusting what your priorities are. I know we've been talking about digital connection and stuff like that. Does anyone here know what the average screen time per day is for an adult with an iPhone? Six hours? Someone's looked it up already. Uh, I think that was last year. It's at, it's, like, it's at six hours and 50-something minutes. Seven hours. Average adult in this room spends seven hours on their iPhone. And some of you are like, but I'm working the whole time. I'm going to tell you what. You can pull open settings right now. And I, if, I will give you a dollar if the top app for use is not social media, okay? Just, I think I can afford that, maybe. Might be five people it doesn't work for. So, Tracia, I know it's not you. You work like a, I don't even know what. <clears throat> but seven hours, almost full-time job. If you do that over, over a week, it's something like almost 50 hours, 40 hours. My math is not the greatest. 40 hours in a week, we're looking at our phone and we're getting a false sense of connection. I, I'm not saying this like I'm not on social media or anything like that. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm preaching this message to myself. But we can't sit there and spend almost a full-time job looking at our phones and then say, I can't show up to help out on the crew. I can't go to the circle group. The average person serving on the crew today is going to spend maybe 30 minutes outside of normal church time helping out. Super thankful for all the people that serve on the crew. We couldn't do Coastline without them. The average circle group lasts a little over an hour. Some of them meet online. Some of them, uh, so you can do it right in your home. Some of them meet in person. Some meet at a restaurant. But an hour. I'm not trying to guilt trip you into joining either one of these things because it's not, it's not one of those things where it, do, it doesn't do anything for Coastline. I'm not saying like, hey, we, just need, we need a bunch of help or, hey, we need a ton of circle groups. As we keep adding circle groups, it's just more work for us to do. That's, that's a good thing, though, because I understand that for us to experience a better life this year, to do life a better way, Part of it means we got to live life in community. we got to push past our fears. we got to push past the things that, that we say uh, we're, that are taking up our time. And we got to live life in connection 
and in community with one another. That's how we're going to experience breakthrough. I want to leave you with this. Um, when I was reading through uh, the Bible this uh, past week during my studies, I, I came across um, in the book of Acts, it talked about what the early church was, the way that they did, they did life. And understanding that in those days they didn't have something that they went to called the church. It was just, it was just the way. They didn't necessarily have like a building that they were always going to. Some of them did. Some of them went to the temple. But as, as I realized it was a group of people, the, the Greek word would have been called an ecclesia. It was not considered a building. It was a, it was a group of people that this was considered the church. They did life a little bit like this. In Acts chapter 2, verse 40, it says this. It says, then Peter continued preaching along for a long time. He strongly urged all his listeners, save yourself from this crooked generation. I'm not, I'm not throwing out any judgment to the culture that we live in now, but I do believe that as followers of Christ, part of what we're supposed to do is stand out from what's going on in the world that we live in. Verse 41 says, Those who believe what Peter said were baptized and added to the church that day, about 3,000 in all. The believers formed a community. Verse 42 says, All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Verse 43 says, A deep sense of awe came over all of them, and the apostles performed many miracles and signs and wonders. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. They worshiped together in the temple each day and met in homes for the Lord's Supper and shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all while praising God, enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being, being saved. That, if that's what the church is supposed to look like, that looks a lot different than what we're experiencing on just social media. Today my, my hope is not to convict you of your social media use. That's, that's not it. I promise you. Today my hope is is to challenge you to understand that when it comes to the design of what the church should be, connection and community are absolutely, absolutely key. You're not meant to do life alone. And so if you're here today and you call Coastline home, I want to challenge you to be a part of community, to get connected. There's two ways that, that we provide and we help with connection. One is the crew, that's the group of people that volunteer at Coastline to make Coastline happen each week. If you're interested in more information about it, you can text the word crew to this number that's going to be on the screen here in the next few seconds. It's 386-200-9818. Text the word crew. If you're interested in 
one of the many groups that are starting this week, meeting in people's homes or restaurants or coffee shops throughout this part of Lucia County. You can text the word GROUPS to the same number, 386-200-9818. Crew or groups? I want to let you know that if you're not involved, part of my job is to help you get involved. And so if you've got questions, if you've got an idea, I'd love to talk to you about it. I'll be in the breezeway after church. We can hang out for a little bit. If you call Coastline home, we don't have a membership. There's not a class that you can go through. The way you become a part of Coastline is not just, not just attending on a Sunday, but by joining one of these things. If you're here today and, and you're just attending, if you're just checking it out, I want to say thanks for coming today. I think for you, the thing that, you, that I want to make sure you hear is this. For whatever you're struggling with, for whatever you're dealing with, whatever's stressing you out, whatever's got, feels like its weight is on you and you can't bear it by yourself, I want to let you know that you don't have to take care of it alone. You don't have to go through it alone. We're here for you. We would love to help out. God doesn't want to see you go through. That's not part of his design. So if you felt like you've been alone in it, I want to tell you that's not, that's not the way that you got to live. Jesus wants to help you with what you're going through. And so do we. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, no one looking around, if you're here, you're one of those two people, maybe you've got something that's weighing on you that you feel like you're handling alone, and today you want to surrender it to him, I just want you to put a hand up and put it right back down. You're saying, God, you know what I'm dealing with. You know what I'm struggling with. You know what I've been trying to fight with. I've been trying to work a plan, and it's not working. I just feel like I'm losing. As you put a hand up, you're just saying, God, I'm giving it to you. Have your way. Or if you're here today and you're a follower of Christ, but you feel like you've been doing life alone, today you just need the courage to take the next step and live life in community. I just want you to open your heart to that this morning. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, you know what we're dealing with. You know what we're struggling with. You know the fear that we have. You know the priorities that we've adjusted. I pray that as, as we start this year out, as we're in this first, first month of what these next 12 months or next 11 months are going to hold, I pray that you would readjust our lives so that we would understand what should be in priority. I pray that you would help us to do life a, a better way than what we did last year. I pray that as we continue to pursue you, as we continue to do life with one another, that you would make us better. That, that we would experience life as better husbands and, and better wives and better friends, better employees and employers, better neighbors in the community that you put us in. I pray that as we do that, you would use us to share your love with those around us, that we'd be able to experience a better life. We thank you so much for all that you do. We give these things completely to you. In Jesus' name we pray, everybody say. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.